Welcome to St. Cory Christian Center and our most recent podcast as we go through the book of Ephesians chapter by chapter and verse by verse as we learn what it means to be equipped. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Amen. Let's go to the book of Ephesians, shall we? Chapter number four. Chapter four. We're going to talk about grace today. He gives. You glad he gives? I'm glad he gives grace. I'm thankful for the gifts, but to be honest with you, I'm much more thankful for grace. Because if you didn't have grace to go with gifts, I'll tell you what you'd have, a mess. What I'm going to pray for today is we get an understanding. I'm thankful for saving grace. Amen. I'm glad we are saved by grace. But I'm glad that there's more to grace than just the saving part of grace. There's the keeping part of grace. Amen. And uh, how many mechanics or mechanically inclined folks do we have here in the room? Okay. I'm feeling confident. Phyllis just raised her hand. All right, I need a motor change. (laughs) (laughs) Phyllis can run the can opener. How many knows you can have an engine, you can have all the parts of the engine, you can have the best parts of the engine, you can have the most expensive, long-lasting parts of the engine, but if you don't have grease, if you don't have the oil, I don't care what you got, you won't get out of the driveway without a problem. We can come to God, we can have all the gifts, we can have all the abilities, we can have all the talents, we can have everything. That would just look amazing and wonderful, but if it is not saturated with grace, you won't make it out of the driveway. I'm glad he gives grace. Let's read it, see what happens. I therefore, this is chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another. We talked about that two weeks ago, not with one another, tolerating with one another endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace and there is one body and there's one spirit just as you were called into one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all but to each one of us grace was given to the measure of christ's gift we're in one I'll put it in Charlotte County terms. We're all in the same racket. Father, we love you. We really do. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your anointing. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in the lives of your dear people. I pray you minister as only you can and touch, strengthen, and your grace will be very much evident in this house today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Grace. It's interesting how Paul puts a personal challenge or a personal charge out to all of us that I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you walk worthy of the, of the vocation which you're called. It gets personal, and then he wraps it up and says, at the end of the day, we're under one God. We're, we're serving one message. We're going after one purpose. But then he brings it back to the individual, and he says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. That means that regardless of what you are gifted to do, as sure as you have the gift to get it done, 
there is grace to match the job. When I go get my oil changed at the mechanics, there is a certain amount of oil that that engine requires to go into that engine. I don't know what that number is. I'm not a mechanic. I just know there's a certain amount. And if he puts too little, it's not sufficient. If he puts too much, it's too much. And I'm assuming something probably bad would happen. I don't know. But there's just enough to go in the engine to make it work right. You with me so far? Interestingly enough, when God put us together, designed us, and set up the roadmap for all of us, he knew what we were going to be doing. He knew the talents and the gifts and abilities. And along came with it was a little manual that said, I have gifted you in this realm. Not only have I gifted you, I have graced you with just enough. I've given that measure of grace so that it will sustain you and it will keep you and it will move you forward. And it's our responsibility to now to respond and accept and hold on to that which he's given. How does it all come together? It probably sounds a little cliche, but reality is, it comes together by the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I've talked to people in the, in the Christian world, maybe it's pastors or ministry workers, and they'll say, I, I, I'm burnt out. I, I've never experienced burnout, so I'm not going to be condescending or judgmental or look down upon anyone that has suffered burnout. I have not walked a mile in their shoes. But one thing I've learned over the journey of the ups and the downs is that I'm probably reaching for more grace than I am gift. With me so far. Because when I'm dealing with people, when I'm dealing with family and loved ones, they really don't care about my gift as much as they care about my grace. We would say it in cliche or maybe um, regular terms, folks really don't care how much I know until you know how much I care. You with me so far? Therefore, we got to talk about grace before we talk about gifts because as we get opening up the gifts, there's a big gift box. And next week when I get into the gifts, I'm actually, it's going to probably look a little like Christmas around here. Because you think about it, if you read it through the text here, is that when you were saved and you received the gift of salvation, it wasn't like that was the only gift under the tree. He handed you all kinds of gifts. Gift, grace, gift, grace, gift, grace. And he handed all these things out. But what you and I see a lot of, or hopefully we'll see a lot of, is grace. And that's what we're going to bring and drill down to today is grace. So what is grace? Hopefully most of us know it today. But if you're new and you don't know what grace means, it simply means God's unmerited, unearned favor. He's given to every one of us. According to the measure of the gift he's given you, unmerited, unearned, crazy amounts of favor. How many times have you said, I can't do that? I can't do that. And then you get in that moment where you have to do that, and God just dumps the favor on you, and you walk away and say, I did that. It's like a little child. I remember when Kyle and Chrissy was on the, uh, on the tricycle thingy and then on the training wheels, and you're guiding them along, and you're giving them a little gift, and you're giving them a little grace. And, and then one day, you let go, and off they go. And, and for a few moments, they think, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm going to fall. I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to really break a leg. I'm going to do something wrong. And then you let go, and they don't realize. You've all been there. Most of you have been there. When you let go, and they don't realize you let go, and they've gone 15 or 20 feet down the driveway and then they look back and say look what I did 
favor. What happens? God's saying, you can do that. You can sting. You can teach. You can witness. You can forgive. You can love. And say, no, I can't, God. No, I can't. I've been this, and I've been hurt, and I've been upset, and I've been wounded, and I've been disappointed. I've been discouraged. But then God puts you in a moment where you've got to forgive. And you turn around and say, I did that. He gives. Colossians 3 and 13 says it this way. Bear with each other and forgive one another, even if any one of you has a grievance against someone, forgive us, the Lord forgave you. What does grace do? It empowers you to forgive even when humanly possible, it doesn't even seem to exist. What's the point of having all the gifts if you don't have the empowerment or the favor to employ that gift? You with me so far? Number two this morning, grace gives you and I the power to accept. Say what you want, that's a hard one. Let's face it, in the last 24 months, there are some things that are just hard to accept. Let's face it, if you were to write a resume of the last 15 years of your journey on this life, there are some things that are just hard to accept. Even in the church world, there are times when things come your way, good or bad, they're just hard to accept. But guess what grace does? It empowers you and I to accept. Amen? And as sure as shooting, you're saying, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll work whatever you want me to work. I want to win the world. And God sent you the first person that was the worst person in your mind. As sure as you said left, they'll say right. You like blue and they like black. There's nothing on the same page. You're everywhere. Guess what grace does? Grace empowers you and I to accept. Amen? How do you know? Glad you asked. Romans 14 and 1 brings it up. As for the one whose faith is weak, accept him. Accept him, but not for the purposes of quarreling over his opinions. Just bring him on in. I don't care if his hat is on sideways. I don't care if he does talk a little funny. I don't care. Just whoever is coming on in, accept them. Bring them on in. Grace does that. Amen? Well, you say, well, do I got to accept and just condone? Acceptance and condone are two different planets. All right? But acceptance will take people into the grace, and acceptance brings people into grace and then brings them into the gift that you're operating in. Don't forget that chances are, if God's put someone in your pathway, he's not made a mistake. He believes in you enough that you are gifted enough to operate in grace and gift to empower and equip and build them and you up and glorify the Father. Amen? Amen. Sometimes, no, it's not easy. I said it a few weeks ago, I'm glad not everybody's like Jody McBeth. And I heard an overwhelming in your heart say, man, I was discerning your spirit. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Romans chapter 2, verse 11 says, God shows no partiality. You imagine if the only people you accepted and liked in your life was people like you that looked like you, dressed like you, kept the house like you, cut the yard like you, drove the car like you. Wouldn't that be boring? Who would you talk about? I'm glad you can be real today. We've all, <laughs> we've all been to someone's house and we've had their food 
and we drove away. And we were kind and polite, wasn't we? We were very polite. And then we drive away and say, what did they put in those potatoes? Thank God for grace. <laughs> Number three, presence. Presence. Not gift as in presence, but present. Gift is great, but grace reminds you and I of the power of the Holy Spirit that is present. Amen? It brings us together. It hones us together for 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen? In the Amplified Version, it means true freedom. The reason I put that in there is because you and I can be gifted to do a lot of things. But if grace is not in the mix of the gift, what happens, you will seize right up. How many times have you, I remember a motor blew in my car, and that's hard to, you, for you to imagine, but I blew the car, actually, I blew the motor twice in one car in the last 24 months. And the mechanic opened it up, and I don't know what all t- took place, but all I do know is that the oil wasn't working the way it should be, and the antifreeze wasn't working the way it should be. It looked, we opened up the hood, and the engine looked like it always looked, like an engine, but there's no oil to keep her going. Some, somewhere the oil leaked out or went somewhere. Here's the thing, is when you and I have a gift, when you and I are in the operation of that gift, in order for us to work at best maximum efficiency, when our RPMs are working as they ought to be, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in freedom in that gift. Because what happens in the Christian walk, I've got the gift, I've got the gift. Maybe I heard one person say this week, I've got the gift to gab. I've got the gift to do this. I've got the gift to do that. I've got the gift to do something else. Praise God, you got a gift. I'm glad you got a gift. The Bible tells us you got a gift. So that's not new revelation. The Bible tells us everybody's got a gift. But then something happens, and you should be operating in that gift, and you seize and you freeze. Why? Because you're operating in the gift without the grace. Here's what I want to bring as a bit of a caution flag this morning. The enemy, the adversary of our soul, he realizes that it's almost futile to go after your gift because the Scripture says that the gifts come without repentance. That's your skill set. That's your talent. That's your ability. So what the enemy attacks is not your gift, and I want you to hear me clear this morning. He does not attack your gift. He attacks the grace that goes with the gift. You can sing like a jaybird. You can drum. You can strum a guitar. You can teach a Sunday school class. You can lead a youth group. You can be the best evangelist on the street, and you can have the gift to do all those things, and that gift will never go away. But the enemy comes along and says, I'm going to seize you. I'm going to freeze you. I'm going to take your liberty. So that gift seizes up, and it's like a frozen engine without the oil. I don't want you moving forward. I don't want your RPMs running anymore. I'm going to seize you up in the adversary of our soul is constantly not after your gift. He's after the grace that frees up the gift to work. How do you know? God's unmerited favor. God's favor over your life. He says, I'm going to steal that. How is he going to steal that? All he's got to do is put that knucklehead in your life that you can't stand. And then you've got a choice to make. Do I operate in the flesh or do I operate in the spirit? That gift is flowing. Everything's going great. And somebody betrays your trust. 
Do you operate in the flesh or do you operate in the spirit? There's only two choices. I wish there's a third one, but there's not. But go back to the drum or say, you know what, God, you gifted me. And you tell me in Ephesians chapter 4 that if I got four bucket loads of gift, I got six bucket loads of grace to go with it. It's in proportion to the gift. And God will not leave you high and dry and he won't leave you stranded. He's not going to send you on a hundred mile journey and let you run out of gas at 80 kilometers. That's not his plan. That's not his pattern. So if you're going a hundred kilometers on a journey and you run out at 80, I promise you you're operating in the flesh, not the spirit. You with me so far? I remember working in some classes with Pastor Buckingham, and he, him and I were talking about burnout one time, and he sort of chuckled at me. He goes, Joe, I'm not on burnout. I'm on burn up. Why? The power of the Holy Spirit burns within us. It is the grace, the presence of the living God that is amongst us constantly, full time. I'm thankful for the presence of God. Why? Because when nobody's around and nobody's encouraging and everything looks like she's on a downhill spiral, God says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. Oh, the rain, it may fall and the storms may come, but I've gifted you and I've graced you and I'm with you and my presence is with you. David said, you know what? Whether I make my bed in the field or I make my bed in hell, I know one thing, my God's with me. Grace. Grace will empower you. It will fuel your tank when it seems like you can't go any further. It's that grace, that empowerment, that favor that says, you know what? I can't believe I just did that. And maybe your closest friend says, I can't believe you did that either. And then you have to just blame God. The power of holy grace. The power of God's grace, not only is it his presence, but it is an enablement. It will enable you. One of the greatest pleasures of doing what I do is being able to enable people to do things. Some people don't like that, but I find that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit-driven individual, is in a heart where we want to equip and enable. I'll go back to the analogy. I'm glad that Kyla, she just turned 23, and Chrissy's 19, and Hannah's going to be 14 in July, and I'm glad that I'm not still going around the yard holding them on the tricycle. Somewhere, I had to let them go. I had to enable them. If everybody came into this household of faith in person or online, and 15 years later, I'm still holding you, I'm still holding you, we still got the training wheels on, there's a problem. What it means is, what I would be saying is this, my gift is the only gift. But the Holy Spirit says, no, no. You're going to activate that gift, and the grace that goes with that gift is going to enable those around to start doing what you're doing, and I pray they stand on your shoulders. Amen? 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, And God is able to make all grace come in abundance to you so that you may always have complete sufficiency in everything and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. When you start working and enabling others and edifying others and building other folks up and start enabling, because sometimes there's always a counterfeit. There's always an alternative that the devil's trying to shove in. And as God is trying to enable, the devil's trying to disable. 
If He can take the wind out of your sails, if He can take the grease or the grace out of your engine and disable you and say, I know you were going here, but I'm going to shut you down. If you sense that going on, understand that it's the work of the enemy and just say, God, you know what? I know I've got the gift. That's, that's cool, cool. But God, I need grace. Help me to understand the measurement, the level, the proportion of grace you've given me so that I can go further and enable even more. And God will quickly open up your eyes. He won't give you more grace. He's already given you enough grace because he said, my grace is sufficient. How many times have we said this statement, God, give me grace. And God says back, I've given you more than you need. You're not even using what I've given you. Well, God, I don't see it. And God says, take your glasses off. Look in the realm of the spirit, not the realm of the flesh. You won't find grace in flesh. That's what Paul's saying here. If we're going to operate in unity, if we're going to operate in harmony, if we're going to operate, the power of God's going to be here the way it is. If we're going to see church family and natural family function well, we got to understand that the grace of God be amongst us. The grace of God gives you and I freedom. Galatians 5 and 13 says, For you, my brothers, were called to bondage. Oh, I got the wrong word, sorry. You, my brothers, were called to freedom. Do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, but through love serve and seek the best for one another. Amen? I want to be free. He whom the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. And so the freedom that the grace of God will give you and I to operate in the gift, make sure that freedom is to do everything you can to love and to serve and seek out the best in every church family member you can find. And someone said, I've been looking all month and I can't find nothing. Yeah. You know what? If you look hard enough, you will find the best in everybody. Amen? So I'm going to need a divine impartation and revelation to see the good in that soul over there. Don't you worry. God will give you the grace to see the best. And seek. It doesn't even just say look for it. It says to seek for it. Woo. Whoever played hide and seek when you're kids? Now, as adults, we play hide-and-seek because we forget where we put stuff. I don't know how you guys are like, I'm talking, I know this is Mother's Day and God bless you, but I don't know how many times I've gone to the grocery store and I walked around and I get talking to all these people and I forget, what am I here for? I call home and get instructions and I still walk home with the wrong stuff. <laughs> the Bible says, I was preaching one time down in, down in Virginia and there's this evangelist and he was just giving her the gears and he was preaching with all the heart and and he was just on a roll. He goes, and the Bible says, what does the Bible say? <laughs> he just went mind blank. Seek. Seek. I'm on a grace mission to seek. I'm not just looking around hoping I bump into it. I'm going to seek out. I'm going to meet someone new this week in the church. I'm going to meet someone new this week, and I'm going to seek them out, and I'm going to find the good in them. Amen? And what that does, you walk away, and before too long, you have found and sought out the best in them. It's easy to find the worst in anybody, isn't it? 
You hang out with me for a week, and I promise you, you'll have a list. But sometimes you're looking at me like, amen, brother. But I'm telling you, it's hard work, but you got to go and say, you know what? I'm going to seek out the best because the reason I'm telling you this is the best in someone is that gift that sometimes is buried right down in there. But I promise you, you pull that out and begin to expose that and manifest that and show that off. Grace, favor, grace, favor shows up. And before too long, freedom reigns in that heart because you went and found the best in them. This is good stuff because grace frees you and they up. You both operate at maximum efficiency. When I was a little guy, I liked Dutes as a hazard. Dutes a hazard. You know, Roscoe Pico train and Enos. And when I'm an adult, I still like Dutes a hazard. I got the whole series and everything. Ha, ha, ha. But Bow and Duke, they're always working on that old car. Not that man, those guys with so much brains to put a fancy engine in that old Dodge car and they can't figure out how to put doors in it. They got to climb through the windows. Always working on it. What? To free up that engine to find the best in that engine. Church, let's be about the mission of the Father, seeking out the best in one another. And the last one this morning is this. We could go on and on on grace and what grace does for you and I in the measurement that he's given it to us in. But I'll put this one down, completion. Grace completes. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And in him you have been made complete. And he is the head over all, and authority over all. I'm going to read this to you in the Amplified Version. And in him you have been made complete, achieving spiritual stature through Christ. And he is the head over all and authority of every angelic and earthly power. I'm complete. You say, man, I don't feel complete. Maybe some of you mamas and you're like, you know what? I fought just to get the right dress and I fought to get the right hairdo. I ain't complete. I'm a mess. Some of you guys are like, you know what? I'm struggling just to go to work and pay the bills and do what I'm supposed to do every day and love on my family and support my family. And then after my wife and I work all week and do all we're supposed to do, then pastor gets on my case about doing something at youth or something at Sunday school or some other event at the church. I don't have time to breathe. How am I supposed to do all that? Ever been there? Amen or oh my, we know it's the truth. How? Take a step back and say, you know what? I'm complete. Remember the song where it says, he's still working on me. Well, Paul says, you are completely. It sort of counters with the word. You are complete. You are gifted. You are complete. Growing in gifts, growing in grace, but each step that you get, he sees you as complete. He sees you as the best of the best. And he says, you know, you can go further, you can go stronger, but in your current state right now, you are complete. In other words, be satisfied where you're at. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to be some other superhero on the other side. Just be the best you that you know how to be, because God looks at you and says, you are complete exactly have I made you to be, and accept the gift, 
accept the grace and accept that when I look at you, I say you are good enough. But to each one of us, grace was given. I wrote this down as I meditated over this last line. I chewed on this one all last two weeks. I've been chewing on this message. When I was in praying, I was doing my little walkie prayer thing here the other morning. This came to me. As he completed you, he will use you to complete others. You could be the secret, the bridge between someone operating in the flesh and someone operating in the spirit. And all you got to do is look at that individual that you're working with, fellowshipping with, and say, you know what? You are somebody. God does believe in you. You're not a failure. You're not a mess up. You can pray. You can intercede. You can note God's word. You are a good mom. You are a good dad. You are a good grandma. God's made you that way. And God's got plans for you. Don't go beating yourself up because I promise you, God's not waiting for you back at home to beat on you and to mess with your mind. He's telling you, you are complete. You're the apple of my eye. You're above and not below. You're the head and not the tail. I'm telling you right now, my grace is making you complete today. I've had people say to me all the time, why am I not getting my miracle? Am I, why am I not getting the answers that I need? Why am I not seeing a breakthrough? Jody, am I not good enough? No, 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 no. The Bible says you're complete. So many people question their giftings. They question the gift that God's given them. And I assure you, on God's written infallible word, if you go after the grace that covers this gift, you'll start saying things like, you know what, we're able to go up and take the country. You'll start saying things, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You're going to start saying things that, you know what? You know what? Nothing will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. We're going to see things like, is there not a cause? We're going to start seeing things like, take up your bed and walk. You're going to start saying things like, silver and gold, have I none but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. You're going to look around and say, you know what, Lazarus, come forth. You're going to be looking at situations and say, you know what, I'm going to speak those things that are not as though they are. Your talk, your thinking will change when you start looking in the eyes of grace. Psalmist said, I will live and not die to declare the glory of God. What was he doing? He had his giftings. He was gifted to be a king. It took a lot of while for him to get there. But grace followed him all along the way. Joseph was gifted to operate the whole food industry and the agriculture industry and the whole nine yards. And he was going to be a pretty powerful guy in the political scene of Egypt. And God got him there eyeball to eyeball with the leaders. But through the journey, grace got him to his giftings. And somebody, you've been muddled, you've been hazed over, the clouds are strong, and you can't seem to th see through the smog. But if you take that smog and get rid of that and see only the power of the Holy Spirit, you can see what God sees in you.
just because each one of us grace was given grace was given holy smokes grace was given I thought it was just given to save me no 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 that's just a quarter ton load of grace he's given you one of great big old mat truck tons of grace over and over and over and over again. Over again. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning and I'm going to pray as we get ready for worship. Father, I speak over these awesome people today in person, online. We know through your word grace was given. But I'm asking on behalf of a precious people today that they would see that which has been given. Oh, it's easy to see the shortcomings of anyone's personal life. I'm looking at people that woke up this morning, maybe yesterday morning, and looked in the mirror and even asked themselves, what am I doing here? Why is it worth it? What's the point? I'm speaking to those people today that they will see grace. They will see the favor and the freedom of God. I pray they see this absolute crazy, radical favor that's over their life. And when people begin to see that grace, that favor over their giftings, the CERN soon realize I am a steward of this grace and I am a steward of this gift and I promise you God I'm going to do my best to steward it well I'm going to have my good days I'm going to have my hard days but I promise you Father I'm going to steward it well a steward Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. We pray that you've been equipped and encouraged. Continue to follow us on sccc.online and there will be resources and tools available to you. And reach out to us at any time if we can help. Have an amazing day.